Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's this week's episode. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Pageant Planet Podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. I'm Jessie Ledoux McMullen, Pageant Planet's Queen of Coaching, and today, Cara Mund, Miss America 2018, and myself are covering the life of Megan Swanson. Today's podcast feature takes the phrase sister queens to a whole new level. We're going to be talking about Megan Swanson, the reigning Miss Nebraska USA 2020, the older half of the Swanson sisters. Before she was Miss Nebraska USA, she was, well, Miss Nebraska. And today we're talking about a two-time state title holder. And if you're striving for the same level of success, stay tuned for all of her pageant secrets. Megan grew up in a family of musicians. Her parents are Christian music singers and songwriters who at a very young age exposed Megan to different cultures, places, and musical influences. Her love of people, music, and traveling only grew as she got older after graduating from Millard North High School, and Megan set her sights on Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. Taking after her parents, Megan pursued her degree in commercial voice and music business, and I think my one of my favorite, I should say my favorite, one of my favorite Miss USA's, um, Rachel Smith. I think she went to Belmont too. Yeah. And there's been a lot of, uh, Miss America outstanding teen contestants as well as Miss America contestants. So, um, she definitely had a, a huge group of pageant sisters there. It's a good hub. It is. It is. And although she was enrolled in a program that fed her intelligence and her passions, Megan would face some hardships while attending the university. During her first year, Megan developed unhealthy thought patterns that evolved into an eating disorder, and with the guidance and support of her mother, Megan worked to overcome her disorder and channeled her experience as a way to help and inspire others. Searching for her own source of inspiration, Megan found herself attending the 2013 Miss Nebraska pageant. However, Megan wasn't a competitor just yet. In fact, she was simply an audience member, but... As many title holders will tell you, that's sometimes all it takes to catch the pageant bug. So, Cara, did you attend a pageant before you competed, or did you see it and just want to do it? I did. I was five years old, and my cousin was competing in a pageant, so I don't even think I like fully understood what pageantry was. And um, I was a fairly shy child. I, I'm an only child. And um, afterwards, I leaned over to my mom, and I said, I want to do that. I want to be in a pageant. And, um, and it happened like, you know, North Dakota is not a pageant state, but there was a pageant just a few weeks later. And um, my mom got me signed up and there was actually the director there. You know, that's always the thing where directors are there trying to scout future contestants. And, um, you know, I, I was too young for the pageant my cousin was in, but I wasn't too young for this other one. And so my mom put me in it and I did it talent and I did, I did it all. Aww. <laughs> But but it really was. Watching someone do it really gives you that inspiration. What about for you, Jesse? So I used to watch Miss America on TV every single year. The first Miss America I can remember winning was Heather Whitestone. Do you remember Heather Whitestone? Oh my goodness. Yes. I love Heather. She She's well, of course she of course, that's right. You've 
probably know her very well. She is iconic for those listening. She was the first deaf Miss America and um, she performed a talent of dance. So imagine being um, hard of hearing and being able to dance on the Miss America stage successfully. And a fun fact to follow, and this is what this is what really hooked me, is I went to Disney World the same year Heather was crowned and she was there the day I was there and I got to see her. And that's when I became addicted to pageants. So it was that personal connection. Um, yes. Right place, right time. It was it was your destiny. Yes. I've met most of my favorite Miss Americas. Um, Heather French is like my all-time favorite Miss America. Uh, actually, I lied. Cara, you're my favorite Miss America. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I like geeked out when I met, when I met Heather. But um, I must like the Heathers, I guess. But I have not met Heather Whitestone, but she's on the list. Yes. Oh my goodness. She is just the sweetest. Uh, who was your ideal, like, I shouldn't say ideal. Who was like your Miss America that was iconic in mind? Oh my goodness. So many. So the very first Miss America I ever met was Angie Braccio. Um, oh. And she came to North Dakota, believe it or not. <laughs> and um, I was just, oh, I had to have been maybe six or seven. Well, she was Miss America 01, right? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes. And uh, so I was a first grader and I just remember I was in so in awe and I couldn't believe Miss America came to my little small town, you know, Bismarck, North Dakota. And um, so she was always a, a huge inspiration. Um, but I always like I always grew up. I knew a lot about Heather Whitestone just because it was, you know, breaking barriers was always something I was so focused on. And I really looked up to her and um, not only all she accomplished, but just the way she continues to live her life every day. She stands up for what she believes in. She continues to advocate for women. Um, She was very vocal in support of me, which was, you know, it was pretty amazing to see someone that you idolized for so long um, be there to support you. We should totally do a top five favorite Miss America podcast (laughs) between you and I. I'm sure our answers would be um, very different, but I think we would have good things to say about all of them for obvious reasons. Yes. And and I think that's what's the most unique thing is, you know, we're all so different for, for ever. Like, I don't think there's any one of us that's even close to the same, um, which is really great because for each girl, they really can identify, you know, what qualities that they're looking for in their favorites. And I don't think anyone's top five is ever the same as someone else's top five. No, definitely not. Well, um, I think with Megan, she was inspired by being at that pageant, even though um, she had never been to one before. But after she saw uh, the winner that night when she was attending Miss Nebraska, it was J.C. Pilkington, and she captured that coveted title of Miss Nebraska, and she vowed that she would be the next woman to win the title, which is a pretty bold statement. Yes. One year later, Megan returned to the Miss Nebraska pageant as Miss Douglas County. With her eyes set on the crown, she delivered a powerful rendition of You Raise Me Up, impressing everyone in the audience. And at the end of the pageant, Megan was crowned Miss Nebraska 2014, earning her a ticket to Atlantic City, New Jersey, where she would compete for the title of Miss America. And I think it's pretty hard to win on your first try, isn't it? Yeah, oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely, especially like never competing as a child and, and kind of jumping in as, as your first go around. Um, you know, I always say like, I'm glad I competed younger because it helped me build the confidence. And I don't know if I would have been able to do it, you know, as a college student. I, I think I would have been too afraid. So, you know, it's, it's a remarkable what she did. I'm going to guess 10% of pageant contestants win that pageant on their first try. Yes. Uh, I bet. Does that sound right for like a a Miss America state title? 
Oh yeah, probably. I mean, for me, it took four years. So it's, it's amazing. It's not impossible. No. But it's not very likely. So kudos to Megan for seeing the opportunity. Uh, so a newbie in the pageant world, Megan was a breath of fresh air at the Miss America competition. Knowing that she shouldn't fix something if it isn't broken, she performed You Raise Me Up for the judges in hopes that she could capture their hearts once again. And although Megan's performance wasn't enough to secure her a spot in the top 16 with these judges, as we know, different, just different day, different outcome, her advocacy work and platform promotion earned her the honor of being a finalist for the Quality of Life Award. And that's a big deal with the Miss America organization, Cara. Can you explain what that is in more detail for the listeners? Yeah, so the Miss America Quality of Life Award um, is one of the most prestigious awards. Uh, it's usually announced at the award cer- or at the welcoming ceremony. Um, they announce like a top seven or a top ten, kind of depending on that year. I think my year we had a top seven, and um, so I was announced into that, which was really exciting. And then you do a separate interview um, from your actual Miss America interview. So not only do you have to you know do one round, but you have to do two, and that's a different panel. Um, but it's all based on your community service and also what your plan is. Like I remember um, in my quality of life interview, um, they really wanted to know like, you know, well, after this, how are you going to continue this platform for the rest of your life? Mm. And so it's not just, you know, a platform for the pageant. It's it's really a platform for life. And I think that's what's also so remarkable is that, you know, she hadn't been competing in Miss America for, you know, years on end, really building up that platform. And mm-hmm. so obviously she already had this heart for service before she even joined the program. Oh, that's so true. And uh, I I'm assuming she was continuing her work with uh, eating disorder awareness, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, but either way, amazing accomplishment. Like you said, especially having all the momentum built up for never competing before the prior year. So that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. And even the application for it, I remember there was a separate um, uh, essay for it. You had to have a few recommend letters of recommendation. So it's not, it's not the easiest thing to apply for. And just to be a finalist is a huge honor. Um, and then to also take on that extra responsibility during the biggest week of your life or two <laughs> weeks as Miss America. Uh, it's, it's amazing that she did it for sure. So unless you turned into this telecast years ago, you may not know that Megan's most memorable moment occurred during a sidebar with Chris Harrison and a few other contestants. And we all know him from hosting The Bachelor, but Chris Harrison is actually very popular in the pageant world as a regular host for the Miss America pageant. And while explaining the judging criteria, several contestants, including Megan, were seated on a couch. And unbeknownst to Megan, the way she was seated um, became like a pageant nightmare and um, flashed the audience. And I, I was working for Pageant Planet at the time. I don't remember this being a thing. But like anyone who has like that key moment, like clearly thick skin and such so strong to be able to recover from it. Yes, absolutely. And anyone who competes in pageantry, you know that there is a long list of things that can go wrong from tripping on stage to forgetting to tuck your tag in. So for those of you who need one last thing to fear, just remember to always wear nude undergarments. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
really, there's producers all over and it's something that they should have also recognized. Um, so, you know, put a, I put a little bit of blame on them as well. Um, but, you know, there, there's so many things. I remember for Miss America, right before I went out for prelims, uh, Miss California was zipping me up. And I think I've mentioned this in a, in a prior podcast, but she was zipping me up and my zipper split. Mm-hmm. And um, we ran to the side and I had one of the, the hosts there um, sewing me into my dress as we were like right about to start. I think Savvy had like just walked out on stage and all of us were about to come out and I'm like half in the dress and so there's there's so many fears and it's kind of the the last thing you want to have to worry about in addition to your modeling and you know all of the things that you've worked so hard for but it you know she she kind of brushed it off and um she really taught all the rest of us a lesson and you know just being you know you can't always control everything that happens during your your pageant journey um and especially that night but you just need to to move on and enjoy those moments that were really great yeah she's a boss of a human I mean, she wasn't going to let something like this hold her back or dwell on it. And um, we're going to learn more about her journey as a businesswoman, too. So it just shows that that thick skin and that tenacity to whatever happens, happens, and she's going to keep going. Yeah, so after, after passing on the Miss Nebraska crown and graduating from Belmont University, she began developing a way to combine her passion for helping others and personal growth with her entrepreneurial mindset. With just $150 in her bank account, Megan created Powerhouse Pageantry, love that name, which is a coaching service that specializes in helping contestants nail their interview. And by nail, we mean her clients absolutely blow the judges away. According to her Powerhouse Pageantry Instagram page, she boasts a 95% success rate across 33 states. And I did look up what exactly that meant. And in the years 2018 and 2019, 95% of her contestants who were competing in pageants that had a prelim interview award won. Wow. Wow. Yes. And as a coach, she's helped countless title holders during their pageant journey, including a former Miss Minnesota's outstanding teen who placed in the top 12 at nationals and in the top five for best interview. And although Megan has helped countless pageant girls achieve their goals, her role in improving the lives of women doesn't end there. With the background in life coaching, Megan has also helped her clients achieve lifelong success as cardiac surgeons, CEOs, and world traveling missionaries. In her own words, we help them love who they are, discover their gifts, and operate in their purpose. I I love that. Um, And, you know, it's really embracing our own message. And Megan began working her way towards a new goal, which is becoming Miss Nebraska USA. So we're getting to my favorite part of the story because there's so many great nuggets in Megan's story, but this is my favorite. And even though Megan already had a state title under her belt, becoming Miss Nebraska USA wouldn't be an easy feat. And if she were to win this title, she would be the first Nebraskan to represent her state, both Miss America and Miss USA. Six months before the 2020 Miss Nebraska USA pageant, Megan celebrated her five-year anniversary as Miss Nebraska. Although this milestone earned her the honor of being recognized on stage, she decided to take the back seat and opt out of the ceremony. And any title holder or former queen must be wondering, why in the world would she not want to be recognized? Because, you know, that's a pageant girls, we, we do that. And had a very personal and heartwarming reason her younger sister was competing for the title. 
Little did Megan know that this gesture would mean even more by the end of the night as her younger sister, Allie, would capture the same title that her sister won just five years prior. And now, in addition to preparing for Miss Nebraska USA, Megan would be helping Allie prepare for Miss America. So talk about a supportive sister. I love that story. Yes. Oh, and for them to reign during the same year, like not only to have, you know, both sisters win state titles, but to both win at the same the same time. God bless their parents for sure. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But it's also I mean, it'd be great to have a sister to pageant prep with. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I love that. So on January 12th, 2020, Megan traveled to Omaha to compete for the title of Miss Nebraska USA. Being six feet tall, yes, six, Megan all too aware of struggles tall girls face when trying to find an evening gown. Thankfully, Allie had just competed at Miss America, and her six foot two frame made her the perfect candidate for sharing gowns. Megan decided to wear Allie's black mermaid gown, and this classically beautiful look was the perfect good luck charm because Megan would end up walking away as Miss Nebraska USA. So, Cara, if you hover over in our outline, um, the link there of what you just mentioned, it'll show you the gown. And the gown, you guys who's listening, is stunning. It's like, it's a deep V with tiny little spaghetti straps. um, And it looks like it's either a crepe material or a velvet material. I'm not exactly sure. Um, But it's got several layers of like beautiful crinkle fabric kind of cascading over each other with a huge train. It's gorgeous. And she wore her her hair straight before it was trendy because I saw like so many contestants wearing straight hair at Miss USA this year. But it was like slicked back, gorgeous, like, oh my gosh, so stunning. Do you see it, Cara? I do. Oh. Oh my God, beautiful. So this is a quick coaching moment because I love sharing wardrobe because no one remembers what you wear. If you borrow somebody else's stuff and you have to like invest in a million different things. So I am a total proponent of wardrobe sharing. However, it can all result in like missing or unreturned items, or you just might like forget where they are. Like you might think you loaned them out, but they're in your closet or vice versa. So my coaching moment advice is to take photos of what you loan out with a note in the photo. So lay everything out and on like a index card, write Cara Mund and the date you loaned it to her and you take a picture so you can keep tabs on it. So in a few months, things go by, you know, Cara wore my dress and I'm like, hey, Cara, did you send that back or not? Whatever. And then like later on, she sends it back and you still don't have like a bracelet. You can look back and say, you know what? Did I lend it to Cara or is it just in my closet somewhere and I can't keep tabs of it? So lay it all out, take a picture with an index card of their name and the date, and then delete that picture when you get everything back. Oh, that's a great idea. I've never thought of that. I'm writing that down right now. There <laughs> you go. Is- have- have you yes. ever lost anything to loaning? Um, uh, so I haven't really loaned any wardrobe items. And part of it is just because I'm so short. So most of the girls I competed with, you know, what would be a, a normal length on me would be like an Ulta mini skirt. Um, but I would, so I don't have my ears pierced. So I would always loan <gasps> out my earrings because what? it would work for everyone. Yes. Um, I know. Fun fact, right? Never that had my is. Um, but I never got my earrings back. Like there were so many times where, you know, like if a contestant won and she was wearing them, you know, you don't see her later. And um, so that's, you know, I'm always like, oh, just keep them because I'm probably not going to get them back anyway. Um, but it might be different if it was an actual gown that I wore that I have a lot of memories tied to. 
So I have so many follow-up questions. <laughs> One, Great. how big is your earring wardrobe? Oh, oh my goodness. I So I had a ton of earrings going into Miss America. And then as I was, you know, traveling from state to state, either they would get broken, you know, and, and clip earrings, they the backs break off pretty easily. Um, but then there was one flight I was on where I had a lot of them in my carry on and actually all of my ones that I wore at Miss America. And I had to check my carry on because it didn't fit in the size of the plane. And when I got it back, all my earrings were gone. <gasps> and yes. And so so the earrings I wore when I won, I don't have them. Oh. Um, yeah. But luckily, like I, I didn't really spend too much on jewelry. And so, you know, I wasn't one of the title holders that had, you know, custom earrings or anything like that. And part of it was because I always needed clips anyway. Um, so I was like, ah, these work. <laughs> but um, so they, they weren't like personally designed for me or anything. But I do have my eye out if I ever see ones that are the same. I have to get them because I, I lost my whole collection there. So. I, I sold my Miss International dress and I regret it every day. Like it oh. wasn't like an expensive dress and I really didn't need to sell it, but I was just like, it's sitting here doing nothing. I wore it a couple of times after and I look back. So I can only imagine the earrings that you wore when you won Miss America. It's like, oh, that's crummy. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, a lot of times whenever I'd loan them out, I knew I wouldn't get them back. But those those I always thought I would have. So uh, I learned a lesson. Don't ever put things in your carry-on underneath that you're, you know, willing Aww. to part with later. But I mean, you, know, you don't even, you don't always have a moment to like grab your stuff out. Yeah, no, no, oh. not at all. Okay, but, I, yeah. okay, more follow-up questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what do you wear to the courtroom on your ear? What kind of earrings? Oh, I actually haven't worn any, I don't think. Um, yeah, no, I haven't. A lot of times, like, clip earrings were just, like, a, a pageant thing to me. Um, I have worn them when I had, like, a really important oral argument um, <laughs> as, like, a good luck charm. But every day in the courtroom, I, I don't usually wear anything. I will typically wear a bracelet, though. Um, or like a ring as, as a good luck charm. Cause that way I can see it, but earrings, no. And part of it too, I think is cause you're getting up and down and you're moving and all that. And the last thing I need is like an earring grabbing a curl and, you know, getting wrapped up. And so, yeah, I don't usually wear earrings. And my last question, because I'm sure everyone listening wants to know how tall are you? Ooh, I'm like five, three and a half. Okay. Or like Five three and three quarters. <laughs> um, I'm a little shy of five four, but you know, I learned a lot of tricks when I was going through the Rockettes, like things that they would say you could put cardboard in your tights, things like that, <laughs> um, to help you get a little bit taller. And so I've I've tried some of those things too, but I've gotten to the point of like just own your height. <laughs> it's fine. No, um, I love that. Yeah, but it was good because I could always borrow people's dresses because I could just hem them up or whatever. I bought a lot of things used um, because it was usually that it would fit lengthwise. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm only – I'm 5'4 and half, three quarters, whatever you say. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I am in the same short boat, but I, I thought that was important to ask because our, our new Miss USA – uh, was a former Miss America contestant as well. And I think everyone was like up in arms about her height too. But I just want to reiterate to those listening that those height norms that I think we were used to for so long are like not a thing. Yeah. So don't don't take that into consideration. Like every male athlete, when they talk their stats, their height's usually like 
announced as two inches taller than they are. And the same is true for pageant girls. It is the same. So if you have a gold title and you're like, you know what? I'm not tall enough for that title. Throw that out the window. It's done. It's old. We're, we're over it. Oh, absolutely. I think something that really surprised me when I was on the road was how many people said, wow, you're a lot shorter than I thought. Because when a contestant comes out most times, you know, you're all by yourself and mm -hmm. you're not really being compared to the heights of anyone else. And, um, you know, the judges are usually on the ground. And so all contestants pretty much look the same, <laughs> you know, unless unless you really line them up and, and you have that final look moment. Um, but yeah, Asia and I, you know, Asia was Miss Mississippi when I gave up the crown. So oh. I had the opportunity to meet her and spend some time with her. And even though she wasn't in my class, um, I knew she could potentially be my successor. And um, yeah, you know, same thing. I think, you know, it doesn't matter if you're tall, if you're short, you own it, you know, you are who you are. And that's what makes you, you know, the ultimate role model. So. Yeah. When I watched Miss USA, uh, what was it, two weeks ago now? I feel like it was a lifetime ago at this point. But um, Asia was standing next to Miss Indiana USA, I think. And that's when I realized how tall Miss Indiana USA was. I mean, I, I didn't notice until they were side by side. And at that point, the judging is done, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah it might be. It, it, it depends. I guess it was at the end when they were standing side by side. Um, but yeah, and even as a judge, like height's not something that I'm like, I ever think of. And as a contestant, it was something that I was always fearful of. Um, but it's something you can't change. And judges, they don't seem to care. <laughs> so, you know, get that thought out of your head. I love that you said that as a judge. It's so important for those listening to hear from a judge's perspective that we don't care. We just don't care. Mm-hmm. Love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So back to Megan. Yes. So while, you know, her win was an achievement within itself, just being crowned Miss Nebraska USA with a historic feat for two specific reasons. As mentioned, she was the first woman, woman to hold both titles of Miss Nebraska and Miss Nebraska USA. However, by being crowned Miss Nebraska USA during her year, Allie's reign as Miss Nebraska, they became the first pair of sisters to simultaneously hold the Nebraska state titles. And like how we said, like just those, the parents, I mean, you get to have one, you know, child win and then you turn around and you have the other child win <laughs> and then you have to balance both. And, and we know a, a year, you know, in the life of a state title holder and a national title holder. I mean, it takes a toll not only on on the woman herself, but also her whole family. And um, so, you know, go those parents and also just like amazing parenting to have two state title holders. <laughs> I just I can't believe it. And I'm sure good genetics played in there somewhere as well. So this can take some credit too. Yeah. At this point, they should write a book, you know, how to build a, a beauty queen or something. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, so now for the last nine months, Megan's been patiently and passionately preparing for Miss USA. Um, and although the national pageant was delayed, she's remained focused on her goal and she was absolutely amazing at Miss USA. But then her sister, Allie, also recently had her wedding. And so, you know, she she got to be Miss USA. She was at a wedding. She was balancing so many different things. And again, it just showcases, you know, really the qualities of a title holder. And, you know, you're not you're not just doing, you know, preparing for that. You're balancing and juggling so many other things. And especially in the year of 2020. Oh, especially this year. You're so right. And she represented her state so proudly at Miss USA, like you had said. And Megan describes herself as competitive. She never stops learning. And I love this. She said she's obsessed with ensuring her coaching strategies work. Oh, 
I love it. I love the passion. So you can keep up with her on Instagram at Megan underscore Swanson uh, or Facebook at Megan Swanson official. And you can also follow her, just her journey in general, you know, not only her coaching, but also what she's doing after the crown. And if you would like to be the featured contestant for our next podcast, create a contestant profile with all of your information, hidden facts, and what makes you special. Email support at pageantplanet.com with the title podcast feature so we can review your profile. We'll let you know after you submit if you're scheduled. So special thank you to Katerina Cataclitis for doing the research for today's podcast. And thank you for listening. And if you received any benefit from this show or from ones prior, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really helps us keep the show going. Until next time. Take care. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.